Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA. 2020 has been an unprecedented year in so many ways. Not only do we continue to fight a deadly worldwide pandemic, but our nation has also been tasked to look within and redefine the way we address systemic racism, inclusiveness, and diversity. DBIA has just announced its new initiative to look beyond the surface in a national campaign to tackle the issues of diversity, equity, and race head on. Our industry has a lot of work to do. And while many organizations are answering the call for change, we believe DBIA has a unique role to play in leading our industry's response as collaborators and team builders. Today, we talk to DBIA National Board Chair Rick Del Monte and Executive Director and CEO Lisa Washington about our mission to offer less talk and more action on issues of race and bias. I think it's important before we dig into what this new diversity, equity, and inclusion committee is going to do, you know, let's talk about why. How how did this even come about? It's the elephant in the room that got this started. It's the issue that we all know exists, but that's really uncomfortable to talk about. You know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a sanitized version of racism and racial bias. And we all need to first acknowledge that racial bias isn't always blatant, doesn't always manifest itself in protests and marches. Sometimes it manifests itself in the boardroom and even on the job site. And sometimes it's more subtle. It's more subtle, implicit bias, that unconscious bias that exists in so many of us. You know, a good example of it is as a black woman, I feel like I sort of have a double whammy. There have been so many times where I've been in a boardroom or in a meeting and I presented an idea or a concept or a paper And sometimes the response is surprise that it's good. I'll often get a response of this is really good. Did you write this or did you come up with this? That's implicit bias. And I don't think that everyone realizes that. Yeah, until you've actually seen that happen, you're like, what? (laughs) Absolutely. And, And the funny thing is, I don't believe that in many instances harm is meant. I think it's just a lack of knowledge that this is implicit bias and that it can be hurtful and it can be misconstrued. You know, every industry organization out there has been talking about this issue for years. Yeah, but all that's really been happening are these vague platitudes and a series of white papers and research that validate what we already know. DBI wants to be committed, and we are committed to engage in this effort in a meaningful way that's focused on actionable change, not just words. We think we have enough white papers, we have enough research, we now need to affect change. One of the things that came up and, you know, in conversations with Lisa was that the whole um, diversity, equity, Black Lives Matter, all of this become a huge issue in society. And that it seemed like an opportunity to kind of push the DBIA forward. It was a, you know, to get a little bit ahead of all this. And so that's when we decided, hey, why don't we make this an element and be one of the things that, that I hope to, you know, push forward and accomplish while I'm chair. It, this has not been a new issue, particularly for our industry. You know, it feels to some degree like we've talked it to death with not a lot of real change. I mean, how do you think this group, how can we make, how can we make it different this time around? You know, I, I think one of the things that we've really focused on are um, what, what actual steps can we take that will in fact make a difference? 
um, you know, not just idealize or whatever, but what can we actually do? What can we do within the contract? Um, you know, how can we recognize firms that do this? Um, you know, how can we engage minority leaders? How can we do things that at the end of the day, I mean, my personal feeling is that, you know, maybe we should feel guilt, but feeling guilt doesn't get you very far, right? We want actual something that allows, you know, we really believe in the American dream. We just think the American dream needs to be spread a little more broadly, you know, within this society. And, and you know, the industry is struggling with staffing in general, right? We've got, we're, we're older, we're aging out, or young people are not showing an, a huge interest in getting into our industry. And particularly, I think the, the younger generation, and they do see the world differently. They're looking for different things in how they want to spend their career. And, and when you're 90% male and 88% white, that's probably a, a turnoff. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, you know, and there are certain things that, like I say, I, I see, for example, certain, certain trends that I think long-term will solve themselves. Like certainly in the architecture world, women in the workplace, you know what, I go to schools, I don't know, 60% of the students are women, right? I, I mean, there's still barriers to break, but long-term, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> it's just the pipeline, you know, it's just the people that are coming in. I think over time, we'll, we'll get the issues figured out. We just don't have a pipeline right now in terms of um, black students coming into the profession at any, you know, whether construction, architecture, engineering, whatever, a very, it's a very small trickle. And, and we've got to get that pipeline to be much bigger. Um, I would like to believe that most of our members are not racist or discriminatory or whatever. Um, I just think that they look around and they don't see a lot of pipeline and, and ha have no idea really, how do I expand, cast the net a little further? How do I bring more candidates? How do I get more opportunities? And I think that what we're talking about is figuring out how to do that for firms. Because it is an assertive act, right? I mean, you have to look in order yeah. to truly bring in diversity. Yes. And, you know, it, it's a challenge because I, um, I think we all have our comfort zone. So, you know, if you want a job at Beck and the construction group and you went to Texas A&M or Iowa State, your odds are pretty good, right? <laughs> this is like, there's a whole cadre of people here. <laughs> they come from them, they know the professors. If you went to Clemson, for example, and you want an architecture job, you pretty good. I, I went there, I recruit there. We know what the kids are like. So, you know, whatever. And, and there's a, when we find diversity in these places, but if we want more diversity, like you say, we're gonna have to go places where we maybe are not so comfortable. We don't know these places. We haven't been recruiting there for years. We don't have folks in the office that we can look at and say, yeah, that's a great school, we got them. But in some way, we've got to break that barrier and get to these other places and begin to look where we don't normally look. You know, we just, just rolled this out um, at the annual conference. So it's only been uh, a couple of weeks and it's probably too soon to tell, but I mean, do you expect resistance? What kind of feedback did you get from that early, this is what we're going to do? It is really early, uh, but we have rolled it out to the board of directors and the board is representative of our membership. Their response is often indicative of how things will be embraced by our entire membership. So I'm really pleased that they've agreed that we must take some bold steps as design builders. You know, our core values have long espoused that diversity drives innovation and that it makes us better. We now need to bring that concept to life as an organization. Um, the feedback on the board has been positive. You know, there have been concerns about, oh my gosh, okay, how do we make 
how are we going to accomplish some of the changes within the contracts or whatever, but not resistance in terms of we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, but I, I suspect there may be some folks that have the attitude of, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in diversity. I believe in hiring the best people and the best talent, whatever the color and race, nationality, whatever. And, and that's fair. I, I, you know, I believe they're trying to do that. But I guess what we're saying with this is we need to do more because that attitude is not is not working to diversify this profession quickly enough. The inability to make this happen is really working against our own self-interest. Study after study shows that diverse teams are, are tend to be more productive. Um, you know, McKinsey not that long ago said that diverse companies are more likely to have fire, higher financial returns. I mean, isn't that what ultimately we're in business to do? I mean, so if, if there are some some keys that not only do the right thing and making us more diverse and inclusive and therefore more appealing to younger people. And therefore we can actually have more innovative teams and, and make some extra money on top of that. That hits me as like fairly self-evident and yet we can't seem to get over that hump. No, 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 it's, it's absolutely true. It, it is one of the, one of the big challenges that we have. Um, but I guess one of the things that, that we found out and one of the things that I appreciate about DBIA is that we have, a broad range, right? We have owners, architects, engineers, contractors. And um, what we're finding out is that, you know, I think the owners are going to get ahead of us. You know, when we were at the board meeting, the, the owner's representatives are talking about some of the changes we're talking about. And they're going, you know what? We're putting this into our contracts. We're putting this into what we're going to require. So if you guys don't do it, we're going to be the ones driving it. And so, you know, we debated a lot because in the statement that we have, we talk about, um, diversity as a disruptor. And we said, well, as a positive disruptor. And we're thinking, well, is disruptor ever positive? But I guess we settle down into the fact that if you are behind the curve, it's going to be a negative disruptor to your business. And if you are ahead of the curve, it's a positive disruptor. And it's going to be a competitive advantage. And it's going to be something that's going to allow you to function better. And as DBIA, I hope that we're here to lead and, and you know take our member firms and figure out how to make them more effective in the marketplace um, and not just do the right thing, but also, you know, work more effectively because owners are already on board They're, I think they're ahead of the industry. Yeah, I think this gets to the heart of our campaign, which plays on the phrase pre-existing site conditions. The best design builders address different site conditions based not only on the information that they clearly see in front of them, but on a deeper analysis of the situation. It just makes good sense to look beyond the surface so if it makes sense to look beyond the surface when you're working on a project, why wouldn't it make sense to look beyond the surface and the people that we work with every day? And as a team, sometimes that diversity is what actually can fuel really creative ideas and innovation and problem solving too. That's absolutely right. Our different experiences bring different ideas to the table and it's those ideas that really make for the best design build projects. I, I remember one conference a couple of years ago and it was the um, steel toed, uh, you know, the women's diversity group panel. And it was so interesting to me because they talked about how, and there were owners on that panel 
about how they come to the table and they're picking teams and they, you know, there's, there's however many women or, or, or black or Hispanic or Latino on the owner side. And they look across the team and there's nothing reflected whatsoever on the teams. They're having to choose who they're going to work with for years on, you know, million, multi-million dollar projects. And they're thinking from a team dynamic as design, as a design builder, is this going to work? And I, and I, and I, that's just, that's just practical reality, right? If you're sitting across the table from somebody and they don't, don't come at all from the place that you're coming from, you have to wonder how, how, how can we work well together as design builders, particularly? Yeah, I remember, and it was a while ago, it was 10 years ago, we interviewed, it was a, a design build project, a federal project, large federal project. And we were doing our interview and, um, the head of that office, um, who's now our CEO, was black. The project manager, leader of the integrated team was black. We had other members. It was a very diverse, yeah, and we did have a few old white guys like me. But overall, right, it was a really diverse team. We looked across the table, and they looked like us, right? It was also a very diverse team. And our closest competitors, we finished the interview, and we're walking out, and they're walking in, and every single one of them is uh, white and over 50, male. And I thought, you know what? I think we've got an advantage here, right? I mean, I think in terms of how they lead and, you know, part of it was this was not a symbolic thing or anything else because these individuals were leading the presentation and they were in fact leading the office. Sure enough, we won um, the project. Um, so yeah, I agree. Um, I think owners are going to look to us and say, Hey, you know, what, what, you know, how come you don't look like us? And I would think too, there, you know, there, there have been studies talking about how, you know, diverse teams and, and diverse, you can define diverse a million different ways. De design builders, by definition, their teams are diverse just because they're, they're built around the idea that everybody comes to the table, that whole big table concept, right? But they need to dig deeper that, you know, you're, you're getting that exchange of ideas outside the group think. Right. I mean, and, and ultimately, if you want innovative design build products, I would projects, I would think you would need as much diversity as you could possibly get on a team to get outside of group think. Right. Yeah. I don't know, Kim, is there any more diversity than an architect and a contractor in the same room? <laughs> I will say that. You get well. them to the table, right? That everything else yeah. should be easy yeah. enough. But yeah, within the individual groups and everything else, I, I agree. How do you get different viewpoints? How do you get people from different schools that have been exposed to, to different elements? You know, DBIA is, is not certainly one of our industry's largest associations, and yet we are probably the most diverse in the sense that we do represent the entire team, every member of the team. So do we have a unique role to play in trying to push this issue forward and try and really get some traction um, to make meaningful change? You know, coming back to the diversity, I think we do because the fact that we have, like I say, such a wide range owners, contractors, subcontractors, engineers, architects, and the perspective that owners have brought um, to us when we discuss this issue, I think is really valuable. And I think is one of those things that will help us shape this thing in the right way. Um, whereas, you know, I mean, I think the AIA and the AGC they're I know they're trying to tackle this also, but they're trying to tackle it from a fairly, you know, unified perspective. So I think that the things that we can have as we talk to different owner groups and say, what are you seeing? What are you guys trying to put into place? What would you like to do? Um, 
helps us in terms of providing a, you know, a more unique opportunity. The committee um, has talked a lot about the many things we could do, and we really came to the conclusion that our initiatives are going to fall into three core buckets. The first bucket is going to be changing that attitude and that mentality to help people understand the value of embracing diversity. And that gets at changing some of those basic uh, things that we can change about the value statements of DBIA. The second bucket is really focused on preparing our members to deal with this issue for the long term. We do not believe that the issue of diversity, inclusion, racism, racial bias is going to go away overnight. It's going to be an issue that we have to deal with openly, honestly, and proactively. So we want to prepare our members to do so by providing educational aspects in our programs and by helping them understand that that inclusiveness is what has been driving the innovation so that they can be prepared to address it. And then the third bucket is the challenge of an industry image that is one we could stand to improve. We need to make sure that our industry is seen as one that embraces people of all races, color, religions, gender, and we haven't done a good job at that. So we need to make sure that we have outreach efforts that let everyone know that they are welcomed and valued in the design construction industry. You know, if, if you ever go to our, um, to our conferences, you know, you hear Barbara talking about, you know, treating each other well and behavior towards each other and that personality, you know, Trump strategy and, and whatnot, that you have to have the right people with the right attitude, treating each other the right way with collaboration. So that's always been one of the foundations of what we teach at DBIA, so I think that it, it slots in very well into what we, what we try to accomplish. It's hard to get started, now you're started, so what, what's our next steps? Well, our immediate next step is to activate at the grassroots level by engaging our regions and chapters. And once we do that, we wanna address the low-hanging fruit. It's about managing expectations, it's about showcasing to the world what it means to be a DBIA member, including our stance on racism and racial bias. We need to let the world know that for DBIA, it's not acceptable. Those engaging with DBIA need to know what our value system is before they join and engage. And they need to make a decision as to whether or not their value system matches ours. This will be accomplished through the addition of some simple value statements on our membership application and our region charter and our code of ethics and hopefully in our contract documents. Our first steps will be to send a clear message about DBIA's position on the topic. Then the work of affecting change begins. We've got a structure in place, right? Um, we have a really strong education program. We have a certification program. So I actually think implementing this into our structure, which is already a very good structure, is not going to be a huge challenge. I mean, we've got to figure out how to do it right and whatnot and get everybody on board. But I, I really believe we've got the infrastructure. We already talk about collaboration, treating each other well. We, we, do, we say all the right things. We just need to expand it a bit. Um, and, and then I think we'll be there. You've got the broad charge, but there are some, some concrete things that you've already as a group committed to doing. Can you drill down on some of those? Or maybe well, some I, ones that excite you the most? I, I, you know, one of the things that um, came up that we had discussions on where we were hearing that, um, for example, um, minority firms that work as, you know, either as architectural teams or as subcontractors or contractors, 
tend to be tier two, right? Um, we're hiring you because we got to have a minority uh, contractor on board and you're going to come in at that. And they always feel like they get pushed down to second class status. Um, and they're arguing like it, it is so difficult once you begin doing this kind of work to ever get to the point where you're recognized as a firm that should earn the work on your own and be hired for your qualifications. You know, how do we help firms do that? We've talked about um, we do scholarships for owners. Um, do we begin to do scholarships for some of these firms? Do we begin to expose them? Is there something in terms of our conference and our um, our show floor that we can have booths that we can, you know, how do we get people, how do we get those firms exposure to the point where people will recognize them as firms that do quality work and not just as firms that will allow you to check a box and say, okay, I need them on my team because I, I need to check that that box. And so they, you know, there's a struggle there with existing groups, some of them very good groups. Um, the thought is how do we help those firms, you know, come along further? Um, these are existing firms, existing architects, engineers, workers, and we figuring out how to help them, how to elevate the firms, how to get them more opportunities. The bottom side of this is how do we get more in the pipeline? You know, because if you look at the, at the other half, how do we get more kids in school to study, you know, within our profession? You know, how do we partner with, you know, black, historically black universities and colleges? Uh, how do we broaden the net and get people to look at different folks coming in? So, you know, and how do we make the perception of the industry a little bit better? So, so it's kind of like two, two different approaches. One, we recognize the pipeline is not very strong. We've got to have a stronger pipeline. The other one is saying, okay, there are already engaged and talented people in this profession. And how do we, how do we recognize them and bring them forward while we try to continue to increase the pipeline of people coming in? And the, the idea of reaching all the way down to elementary, middle, high school levels is definitely playing the long game, but could have the biggest impact over time. Yeah. You're young, right? It's, it's a challenge because, you know, when I, you know, I look at, as an architect, I look at my profession, there are very few role models in which you can say, look at that individual, right? That, look at that great black architect. I want to be, I want to be that guy. He's doing such cool stuff. Um, you know, I'm Hispanic. Uh, there are all kinds of Hispanic role models. There are all kinds of great Hispanic architects, right? Cesar Pelli, Vignelli, uh, like I mean, you just go down the list. So, I mean, for young Hispanic kids, not to say that they don't have a challenge, but I see them entering in much greater numbers because they have role models that they can see. Yeah, I, you know, I, I want to be like that individual. Um, how do, you know, the first step, we, we got to get some role models. We got to get people that that sort of, you know, students in school will look up and say, you know what, I, yeah, architecture looks like pretty interesting because I see people that kind of look like me and that guy is pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I went to, and, and the thing that concerns me, I went to a, a Skyline High School, which is a, you know, talented and gifted high school here in, in Dallas, and, and they have an architecture program. It's a really good architecture program. And uh, I went there, you know, we were helping them on a design build project, and they have about 25 kids per class. And so all of them together, and we we're talking about this project we were going to undertake. And at the time when I went there, there were probably 50 kids in the room. And I want to tell you that there might have been five black students and the rest were all Hispanic. Interesting. And, and I asked the teacher, I said, well, this is really unusual. What's going on? He said, well, there, a lot of these kids are dads work in construction. 
there's a tremendous Hispanic, you know, construction side and their kids had no construction. They may have worked on construction and their dad says, yeah, you should get into this, but you should be that guy with a tie on. Yeah. You want to be the architect. <laughs> yeah, You want to be the architect, you know, or the contractor, but you know, the contract manager, the, but you don't want to be me on the roof on a hundred degree day doing, you know, rooftops. Right. And so they do that. And so that, you know, it all kind of feeds up there being in the industry and expanding, having views. And so I, I think we just have to start at a grassroots again, more, more models, more families engage, more people pushing their kids and saying, Hey, this industry is a good one. You should get into it. What do you think the next steps need to be? We need to realize that our world is filled with good people and bad people representing every race, religion, and culture. Uh, global generalizations need to stop. And the first step is to embrace a mindset that stereotypes are just not acceptable. And DBI plans to lead the way in promoting the value of that mindset that we all bring something to the table. So we got to put meat on the bones, right? Right now, there's, there's this, you know, the skeleton of ideas and now we've got to actually put things in place right what do, you know for the as we plan the next conference as we look at the contract documents um you know again we've got to we've got to kind of put actual items in place this all right now it sounds good i like all of them but what actually is going to take place you know how are we actually going to implement and make this happen and i'm hoping that this isn't like you know five years from now we'll go okay we finally got the last one in place right i'm hoping this is going to be by you know by the end of next year we can sit down and say man we've really accomplished something right we we made a difference in this industry As Rick and Lisa said, the committee's work has just begun and we'll soon have more details to share on initiatives and the real world actions DBI will be implementing and sharing with our industry. Until then, you can download our one pager from the podcast page at dbia.org slash podcasts.